welcome everyone to Be Better Betters. I'm the host, Spanky. Thanks for listening. On this episode of the podcast, I kind of want to talk about the tools of the trade. What does it take to be a successful professional sports better? I'm going to break down kind of how I got into the top-down approach. I want to talk about execution, about speed and execution. I also want to talk about understanding how the haters in this business, there's a lot of haters out there, and how to uh, be able to deal with a lot, so much hate and jealousy in the business once you get to a certain level. So before I I begin, let me just explain the difference between a bottom-up approach and a top-down approach. I kind of went through this in the past episodes, but hey, there might be several new listeners, so let me break it down. To win at sports betting, in my opinion, there's two ways to do so. There's the bottom-up approach and the top-down approach. What are the two approaches? The bottom-up approach is essentially starting from scratch. It's it's designing models or algorithms or any type of information you could do to handicap power ratings to be able to handicap a game. Essentially you're becoming a handicapper. You want to handicap a game, create a number for a game, and then you look at that number, compare it to what the market has, the bookmakers, and if there's enough of a discrepancy, you would execute a bet on that. That's the bottom-up approach. What's a top-down approach? The top-down approach is you assume that the number that the bookmaker has hung is correct. And instead, you are looking for one. One iota of information, a piece of the puzzle that's missing in that line, which makes that line incorrect. What kind of pieces of the puzzle are we talking about? The most obvious one is injury information. Play is not playing. Um, Maybe a coach is intent on which players he's going to start, which players he's going to rest. Maybe it could be a sharp syndicate group that is going to move that line considerably. And you kind of get wind of that or you see leakage. The most basic one is it could just be as simple as identifying an offline. So it's not even a piece of information. You just look for a line that is completely off a consensus market line. So those are the two methods. Now, when I first started in this business, just like everybody, you watch the shows, you watch the newscasts, you read the books, and every single person, everyone, talks about the bottom-up approach. They'll give you analysis. They'll know all the players' names. They'll talk about, yep, I think that, you know, this quarterback against this defensive line, you know, the offensive line could hold them back, and this quarterback's going to have a lot of time in the pocket, and he's going to be able to pass so well, and they're going to score so many points. So, you know, this team has been on the road, and they're very tired, and, you know, they're not prepared for this type of challenge. All this shit, that's all, the, you know, it's just the same crap that they talk about, okay? And it's the bottom-up approach. Um, and, you know, they'll tell you all these different things. Now, I used to be into that when I was a kid coming up in a business, back when I was a sports fan. And 
I tried to believe all that stuff. I'm like, yeah, you know, that makes sense and all this shit. But then I realized, I'm like, you know, I'm not making money betting this stuff. These guys say these things, and it's really neither here nor there. I'm losing money. So then I said, okay, let me try to build models, which is a very hard thing to do. And I've tried. I tried to down get data, and, you know, it's a tough thing. And I've had, believe it or not, you know, not too many people know this, but I've had successful models in certain sports. But I never had the... Um, knowledge or the talent to be able to maintain those models where the market didn't catch up with me and then I would start to lose betting these models so and, and that's that's a hard hard challenge to do you know bottom uh, to be well as a bottom up better you have to continue to evolve you have to continue to refine your model so that uh, or your handicapping abilities so that you're able to essentially just create better markets, better numbers in the market. And you have direct competition. There are other people that are doing exactly what you're trying to do. And odds are they're probably smarter than you. It's a, it's, it's a tough, tough gig. Anybody that does it, kudos to you. Um, it's a great way to earn, but it's a very hard way to earn. And it's not a way that I would recommend to most betters coming up, or any of, uh, to, uh, or anybody that wants to, you know, start in this business. So, after I started losing, doing this bottom up, I started saying, okay, let me try to flip this script a little bit. What are the? And I, you know, I started going down to Costa Rica. I started, you know, talking to different guys. I would talk, and I would find out. What are the, how do the best bookmakers make money? And the best bookmakers, I realized, they make money off information. And then I even talked to some of the best bettors. You know, I befriended some of the best bettors on these forums, and I kind of got to know people and stuff. And I realized that some of the best bettors, even though they might be great handicappers, they also utilize information. They utilize some sort of a top-down method. Um, when I interviewed Tiger, I said, Tiger... If you had a chance to be essentially top-down or bottom-up, what would you choose? What's more important, anticipating line movement or be able to handicap a game correctly? And he said, without a doubt, anticipating line movement. Um, and then I, 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 re I, I, I kind of caught this early on. The best bookmakers, sure, some of the world's best bookmakers have their own handicappers on staff. They have their own guys that make numbers that help them. But when it comes down to it, they're able to profile their players correctly and they'll be able to utilize that information to move lines accordingly. So I said, okay. Now, the bookmaker has that minus 110 advantage. They're getting, they're getting plus 110. I have to even be better than the bookmakers. I have to be able to look for things then to employ this top-down method. How do I do so? So the first thing I started doing was I said, okay, let me build a scraper. Now, I, this is before I even knew Don Bess or any of these line services existed. I built my own scraper, and I was able to scrape all these bookmakers' lines, and I created my own application that was able to analyze these lines. And it would tell me, it will not just alert me of line movements in real time, but it would tell me when somebody was too far off, if somebody was out there on a line. Then I said, okay, let me then employ this, you know, blindfold method from the Complete Book of Sports Betting by Jack Moore, um, which is a, it's a great book, 
um, kind of essentially explain the top-down method to try to look for these off numbers. You're looking for off numbers. doesn't have to be an injury. doesn't have to be a syndicate playing. Sometimes a bookmaker just might have a number that doesn't jive with the rest of the world. Um, several reasons for that. Sometimes, most of the time, they just didn't move it. Some of the time, they're just so heavy on one side that they want, they're very comfortable having it there. Or maybe a short better bet them and they're, you know, they want that action on that other side. So what the bookmaker's intent is, I have, I'll never have any idea. Just like the bookmaker doesn't know what the player's intent is. When you bet a game, you don't bet the Knicks plus five and give the reason why. There are no whys in this business. When a bookmaker moves a line from seven to eight, you don't call him up or you can't say, hey, why did you move that? It doesn't happen. It's just number. You bet, I move the line, here's, it's, here's the line. That's it. Um, whys don't exist. All you have is a bet, an amount, and a line. And then you have to be able to dig deeper. And the best bookmakers dig deep. They kind of understand which players and, and try to get behind the intent of the players. Why did he bet me this? And then they decide to move accordingly. So I said, okay, if these bookmakers are making all this money, they're very successful. How do I do so? How do I, how would I do that without booking? So I said, okay, let me now look at line movement because this is all the information I have. Let me watch bookmakers move lines and kind of figure out when they move this line, what does that do for future prediction? What will that tell me about this line consensus-wise a minute from now, five minutes from now, three hours from now? For football, could be two, three days from now. So you learn, and you watch. And all I did was watch. And I would watch line movements. I would take notes. I would understand bookmakers' tendencies. I would learn from them. And I would say, okay, when X, Y, and Z happens, then, boom, this line is going to go this way in a few minutes. When just X and Y happens, I'm not so sure it could move this way 80% of the time could move this way 20% of the time. So I would chart all this and I would understand. So you kind of have a game plan. You're setting a strategy. You're kind of seeing what's in the playbook because nothing is more important than the market. The bookmakers are the ones that have all the information. They're the ones that are booking the world's sharpest, the world's best customers. So if they have this information, how do I get this information? They're not going to tell me the information. They're not going to tell me who's betting this. They're not going to do any of that. I have to figure it out myself. How do I do it? There's only one way. Watching lines move. That's the only way. If a bookmaker goes from 6 to 6.5, it's not as important if he goes from 6 to 7. If he just moves the juice to 6 to 6 minus 15... Might not be, it's definitely not as important, obviously, if she moves to six, from six flat to six minus a quarter. So you just, you, know, you just look at it. The more movement, of course, the more important the piece is. The more important the bet is. The more predictive it could be. Sometimes it's not. And, and, and sometimes they'll move even a penny or two pennies, and you think, oh, that can't be that big. But honestly, you got to look at it. 
sometimes a bookmaker will move two pennies, but what does that do? Does that give, did he just move that two pennies to make sure that he wouldn't take a bet on one side? Like, does he want to make sure that he's the worst line, that nobody in their right mind would bet him first? because he wants to avoid writing action on that side, and he kind of wants to be able to entice action on the other side, because maybe a sharp guy uh, bet him, and he doesn't want to kind of spill the beans. So you have to understand that, because bookmakers, the most important thing for a bookmaker is to try to, and I'm talking about talented bookmakers, okay? I'm not talking about recreational bookmakers, dressmakers, no. Real bookmakers that I used to play with all my life in this business. Real bookmakers are going to move just enough to not kind of spill the beans and let the world know, but to be able to entice action and be able to make sure that they have the same side, that the short better that they just booked bet with, they have the same side going in. So if the short better wins, the bookmaker wins. And that's an art form. There's an art to moving numbers. You have to be, because you have to, the bookmaker wants that information as cheap as possible. If he moves too heavy and ruins the market for said better, that better will no longer give that bookmaker the information early. The bookmaker wants to be bet first so that he could move accordingly, but you got to be able to move in a subtle way. Don't make it too obvious. And there's an art to that. Again, some people don't, you know, every bookmaker's different, okay, and there's no right or way to do it, and I'm not a bookmaker. But what I do, so I, I can't tell you how to book. This is not a podcast. It's not Be Better Bookmakers. All I know is how to bet. Be better, better. So I could, But I know bookmakers' tendencies, and I could see what they do, and I know their tendencies, and I know what each movement means. This is so important to recognize what a line movement means in the whole grand scheme of things because... Again, and this is, you go back to the closing line value podcast episode that I did. Um, the bottom line in this whole thing is to be able to beat the closing line. You beat the closing line, you're going to make money doing this. Period. End of story. Beat that closing line. So how do you do that? You want to build powerful positions. You want to have the best of it. You want to be sitting on so much minus four when the line is six. That's great then you could decide what you want to do with it. Don't be afraid to bet a lot. If you don't if 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 you're betting on credit, you lay four, you could always be a middler. You could always take some back. If you have friends in the business, you could trade pieces. If you have too much of one piece and you want to be able to give him some, you give him some and then he might have too much of another piece that you didn't have much of. So you kind of diversify your pieces. You're able to stretch out your equity and um, you know, you're not too uh lopsided on on one game you're, you're, you don't have all your eggs in one basket so that's another thing all right so now what i want to talk about is, is using this top-down method as just a supplement if you're not going to do pure top-down as just a supplement to your existing handicapping because you know it's it's so important to know what the market is doing and it will help you if you if you are a handicapper originator, if you're making your own numbers. It's very important to know. So let's just say, for example, you create a model. Your model spits out a game minus two. You think the game should be two. Line's currently six right now. Okay? 
We'll just say this is a basketball model, okay? Now, you want to jump on a plus 6, obviously, right? You make it 2. So, that's great. Now, what if, though, you knew that that line might go up even further? And what if I might go to 6.5, 7? Okay, what if you're able to see tendencies to predict line movement? That's very important. So, what? how does that help you? That helps you in many ways. Number one, it, it helps you. In t there's two big ways that, that that kind of information could help you. When you know a line is going to get better than what you see it at. First way, of course, is to be able to wait to try to get a better line. That's the obvious way, right? Hey, why would I take plus six when I could get seven if I just waited? Because I know that see, using this top-down method to be able to see line movement and to be able to predict line movement. Um, to be able to just wait for me to be able to get a better line. So that's the first way. It's the most obvious, the really easy way. Second way, though, is this. is Let's just say you see this line movement, and you're like, hey, wait a minute. This line's against what I believe the, the direction it should go. So that's not a good thing. Um, you make a line 2, it's painted 6, but you know it's going to go to 7. That is not going towards the line that you make it. That line is going away from what you make it. Okay, So that's something you might want to say, hey, listen, let me just check my numbers for a second. Let me check, am I missing something? Is there an injury I didn't factor in? Is there something that I'm missing? And that might make you want to just maybe reduce your position or possibly not even bet the game. Who knows? It depends on what kind of a better you are. Um, Billy Walters, when I interviewed Fats, you know, Billy Walters would only bet. He'd have many handicappers, and he would bet consensus pieces he would if if one handicapper liked the game that wasn't enough but if two guys out of his six guys liked the same game oh my god that's when he would go nuts on the game so because if two people independently wind up agreeing to the same side that's when it's so strong because you know one guy could make a mistake or he could have a bias in his model two guys can also but again the more people that you bring in and the more independently that they arrive at the same conclusion the more confident you are that damn that's the nuts so you know that's another way so sometimes you want to be able to see that and um and use that information to your advantage now, let's just say same exact scenario, but you know that line is going down. So now it's a race, right? Because if you think that line's going down, you want to be able to beat that line. You want to be able to grab those sixes because you know it's going down. Um, so it's important to know which way it's going um, and, uh, and to be able to uh, you know, execute in a very... Uh, in an expedited manner to be able to make sure that you're able to fill your position adequately and try to get the best number. So these are all important factors to be able to just know which way a line is moving, whether you're a handicap or what, no matter what you're doing. Knowing line movement is so damn important. It is something that um, is such an underrated skill. Now, you know, the most, another thing that's very, very important is knowing what every half a point is worth. And I think I've, this was one of my first podcasts I ever made. Half point importance. It's so important. It's everything. You have to know what every half point is worth. Have to know that. This is, 
you whether you figure out that information you solve it yourself this is information that's widely available the data is out there it's pretty straightforward um, you could figure it out and you need to know what those half points are worth you have to know on an NFL game whether it's better taken plus five and a half flat or taken plus six minus fifteen you got to know these things there's uh it's just it's it's so important because those pennies here and there are all going to add up and um and you definitely don't want to be on the short end of uh, on, on the wrong end of those pennies because sometimes it's those pennies that could make a difference if you're betting large enough to to being profitable or to being loser i want to talk about execution um, and this is another big, big thing. I think this is what I realized, you know, speed and execution is vital, no matter what kind of better you are, when you get to that, to that certain level. You want to be able to bet fast. Betting fast is important. Um, getting down fast is important. It's, you know... And that's a skill in and of its own, in and of itself. Uh, when I first started in this business, um, I realized, shit, I, I have to know how to listen to a line, deal my bet fast, you know, say what I want fast, and, and, and be done. Get off the phone as fast as possible so that I could, you know, call the next bookmaker. Or if I have two bookmakers on at the same time, I have to carry on two, sometimes even three conversations at the same time. Um, that's a skill. That skill these days is no longer required. Um, it's now about being able to bet online faster a lot or to be able to use some type of an automated betting system. Um, and that's important. These are tools that I have and that a lot of pros have. I've had, you know, I've had these tools cut for probably since 0203, um, just a few years after I started. And, uh, and it was big. You know, being able to bet fast is so, so big. And I think that every better needs to understand that. So, you know, again, it'll, a lot of this stuff comes down to uh, to be able to code, to be able to program um, all the scrapers that I've written, all the auto betters. You know, I always say that I'm a computer scientist disguised as a sports better. You know, and, 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 and I'm always, I always realized, I guess, I've always kind of felt as if technology was going to be my my, uh, my key key competitive advantage I always knew that and um, and, 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 and I view and till this day we believe that our technology our means uh, of getting down very fast is second to none the couple that with the information network you know we're pretty we're pretty good at what we do so I think that if you're trying to be able to do this um, on a grand scale, you gotta be able to, you know, design auto betters. Now, oh man, Spank, I'm just betting 500. Why do I need to hear this shit? Probably don't. You could just bet your own outs and 
blah blah blah. Um, but there's a, there, there's a, there's a skill. You know, you got to know which outs are slower than others. So the fastest out is the guy you want to hit first, because by the time if you have if you have to bet these outs manually, and if you take a line that's going from seven to eight and you're trying to lay all those sevens, the order in which you hit your books are going to be very important. And you have to plan, have a method of attack, have a plan of attack. Um, dare I say, if you're doing this, if you're trying to do this to a certain extent, um, having one monitor is probably not a good idea. You want to have multiple monitors. So just, let's talk about the manual aspect of things. You want to be able to have many screens, and you want to know how to get to each screen fast. These sound like pretty basic tips. Oh, come on, this is... But this is real. Like this is the shit that we know. You know, me and Chinese Mike, we started out with. I started doing this with one screen, of course. Then I went to two screens, then four screens, <coughs> then six, and now we're at eight. Plus, we have other information screens in our office. And I think China. Like I remember Chinese Mike sticking eight might not even be enough still sometimes. Um, you know, but I think he's happy with eight. But you know. I, I'm sure it wouldn't take me long if I asked Mike or if I asked Luke, maybe why he's going to go to 10. I don't think they'd say no. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's um, the more screens you have, the more stuff you could put on, the more information, but you got to be able to process it all. Um, so there's a lot of stuff going on there. But you have to have a planned method to be able to attack your outs in a certain order. Um, even if you're not... Um, even if you're if you're a bottom up guy, and if you, you 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 know you're modeling a game and there's no urgency to try to get down that fast, you're gonna have to you're gonna still it's all the same it's all the same principles, you know you can't you think you're gonna be able to lay seven and if you're respected, um, that bookmaker's gonna move off you, but then other bookmakers are gonna see that movement, and they might move the line on air before you even get to that line. So now what? See again, execution is everything. Um, I remember back in the day, and even to some extent, even to still today, you know, there was bookmakers out there that, you know, you would think that, okay, I'm, I'm, let's just say you want a better game, and you kind of want to hit every bookmaker at the same time manually, so you'd kind of load them up, and you'd get to the password confirmation screen, so you'd have all your minus sevens up at like four or five different bookmakers, and then, you know, you would just put your password in, and you just click, you know, submit, 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 um, but then you, you realize, hey, wait a minute, there's some softwares out there that these bookmakers, they see when you're on the password screen. They see when you're queued up to about to confirm a bet. So I learned that. I'm like, why is it, I, you know, this line's not moving. I see this leakage. There's no way anybody's betting this bookmaker right now. Why is it, why are they moving before I even get the bet? And then I started learning, saying, oh, wait a minute. They see it when I queue it up. Aha. Uh -huh. So that's when, okay, you know what I mean? You could use that to your advantage, obviously, if you think about it a little bit. So it, it just, there's just so many different things. Again, bookmaker tendencies, execution, all these things tie together. Talked about relationships already on my last podcast. Don't need to touch base on that. I'm just trying to think of all these tools of the trade that are vital to success. Uh, technology, relationships, analyzing line movement, market movement. Um, you know, the, you master a few of those and you strive to get a bunch of those, man. And then if you could even build a model and if that model can help guide you, 
um, that's also a great thing. Um, but again, I, I'll, I'll tell you this: don't kid yourself. Because um, remember, look at listen to my closing line podcast. Um, there are other people building models, and most likely there are a lot smarter than you. So, um, you know, you want to be able to. It's good to have a good set of numbers. But don't kid yourself and, and don't ever think that you're smarter than the market or you know more. Uh, most likely that will not be true. So respect the market for what it is and use it to your advantage. Make it work for you. I want to talk about haters because this is, this is something that if you employ the top-down approach... And you, you're going to have haters no matter what method you do. But if you employ the top-down approach, because I have so many haters in this business, which is great. I, 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 I always know that haters are confirmation that you're doing something right. Um, people try to bring you down. They're already below you, obviously, right? So it's, um, it's great. You know, uh, haters is just part of it. And guys hate me. I've had, the you know, guys from even Billy Walters that would complain about what I've done in this business or... You know, he would complain to different people. Um, so I've had the top sports bettors in the world. Guys would not like what I do. Um, and they would hate on me. And then guys would call me names. I'd be called a steam chaser, um, a play thief, a bottom feeder. Uh, you have no talent, Spanky. You just, you can't earn off a, off a, off yourself. You need an originator. So they'll say all these different things, try to bring me down. Um, it's funny because, you know, the fact is, is that I've probably made more money than 99.5% of, uh, all originators in this business. So it's all about the money, right? It doesn't matter. This is about making money. Um, it's not about being popular. So if you're a top down guy, don't let any of the hate ever get to you. Make that money, support your family, do your thing because in this business, and this is important because we're in the social media landscape and all this, and guys are always caring. In this business, it's not about being loved, okay? The most important thing is to be respected and admired by your peers. And when I say my peers, my peers are other fellow pro bettors, but most importantly, it's bookmakers that I play into or bookmakers that know me. And every single bookmaker in this business the top of the line bookmakers either know me or respect me. You know, I don't want to say fear. That's not that's not my style. You know, but know me or respect me. That's the biggest thing. I don't think there's any fear or anything like that. You know, they'll, they'll respect my play. So, and that's all I care about. That's all I want. And when you get the respect of your peers, that's important. And again, not to be nasty, but anybody that's listening to this or any Joe Schmo or guys or you know, your admiration, your respect, sure, it's nice, but it doesn't really affect me. I don't. I'm not trying to achieve a zillion followers. I'm not trying to do that. That's. Not, I'm. I'm. I always try to get out. I try to get Betty partners for my business to be sustain to sustain my business, but. Whether people like me or not, I have a great family. I'm not interested in public admiration. I'm not tweeting 100,000 tweets. I'm not trying to sell you anything at this point in my life. I'm not trying to do any of that. Um, I'm not, you know, it's not about that. It's about making money. And I do this podcast to try to help betters make money. And I, I, you know, I think this top-down method 
is, in my opinion, the best way to do so. But you don't let the hate get to you. There's a lot of haters out there. A lot of haters. So it's part of the business as a, as a pro better. And when you get to a certain level, um, the hate uh, will always be there. Um, and that's okay. Embrace it. If you're not, if you don't have haters, you're not doing it right. And, and, and that's a fact. Um, you have to have haters as a confirmation that you're doing something right. You, if, if everybody loves you, then there's nothing for them to be jealous of, right? And jealousy is 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 a human. It's just a human trait that a lot of people have. Um, guys are jealous of others, so you have to be. If you when people become jealous, then they have something from you that's good because you've done something that they wish that they could do that they wish they had. So I think that's an important aspect. This hater thing also spreads to the bottom-up guys. You know, the few successful bottom-up guys out there, don't let the hate get to you. If you guys are doing your thing and you're earning, people are going to doubt you. They're going to try to see that there's holes in your models and stuff. Don't let that get to you. You just do you. You be successful. You got nothing to prove to anybody. You just make that money, baby. That's what it comes down to. Just make that money. Last thing I want to talk about... <laughs> His work ethic. I think that uh, there's nothing really more important. You know, we're all born with different intellectual capabilities. Some people are smarter than others, and you know, you get, that's the hand you're dealt. You'll never be. You know, there's going to be people smarter than you. There's, there's going to be people you're smarter than. So you can't control those cards, right? But what can you control? How hard you work. And that's one thing, at least for me personally, um, I always said to myself, I know I'm not the smartest guy around. By all means, I'm, 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 I'm definitely not the smartest guy. There's so many people out in this world and, and in, this, in this industry that are so much smarter than I'll ever be. But what, do I, what can I do to kind of gain ground to try to get ahead? And that's work and work ethic because if I outwork you because that's what I could control I could control how many hours I'm working and when I was in my younger days my 20s and my 30s I couldn't be stopped I was an animal on a mission I was going to succeed or die trying and nothing was going to stop me and if you just look at everybody, you just look at all the successful people in the world, they just work hard. It just doesn't just fall in your lap. You've got to put that effort in. You've got to work hard and outwork everybody else. You know, even just simple things like making to-do lists, setting goals, writing stuff down. I think it's so important to write shit down. You know, in this world of texting and everything, you know, or writing using a notes app, it's just not the same as when you write, when you take a pen to paper and you write stuff down, it automatically connects to your brain. It's like, you know, you just kind of remember it and you kind of commit it. And I think writing things down and checking things off, pop, 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 you just do it. And, you know, you just... And, and then you set, you, you, you know, you reward yourself. You know, after I finish these five, six goals, okay, then I could take a break. Then I could, you know, do this, do that, take a little time off. But you got to achieve those goals. So you kind of set a, a work schedule for yourself 
because as an entrepreneur in this business or if you're doing this part-time whatever you have to be able to manage yourself you have to be able to set certain goals nobody's telling you what to do nobody's going to tell you to get better or guide you to get better or, or give you the time frame the time schedule to get better you have to be able to make your own timetable and execute and you have to commit to that and I just think it's so undervalued how you know, hard work will always pay off because, you know, nobody's outworking me in this business. There's nobody. I don't, you could bring anybody on. Nobody's worked harder than me. That's why I've, I've gotten to the level that I'm at. Um, and there's so many people that didn't even have to work as hard because they're so much smarter than me, which is fine. But I knew that I can gain ground and I could stay relevant or stay profitable by just working hard. So no matter what you're doing, no matter how smart you are, work hard because it's crazy usually the smartest guys out there they don't work as hard and it's funny because i always said to myself i'm like my god if this smart guy that i know in this business you know you see them all around these guys if they just had 40 percent of my work ethic it'll be unbelievable what they could achieve but you know the guys that work that, that are so smart things always came naturally things always came easy so they kind of uh the work ethic usually isn't there they kind of have to uh, uh you know develop that attribute but um but I, I urge everybody in this business anybody that wants to come up and be a better better is um to be able to just have that mental toughness and and work as hard as you can before i close I want to thank a lot of the guys out there, the ones that don't hate, the guys that have said thank you, Spanky, I've changed, you know, one guy said your podcast is, and the stuff you say makes me, change me from a losing better to a winning better, and I'm able to employ your methods, and, and, and it's just, it really is great, you know what I mean, I'm so happy to give back to this, to this industry, and kind of make guys winning sports betters that's cool you know what i mean it's it's it's, there's plenty to go around if i made everybody winning better wouldn't be really a good thing um but um you know for the few that really take this to heart that really listen to and try to adapt some of these tips and you know tools of the trade and tricks of the industry um to your methodologies you know to try to just plug it into to the stuff that you're doing i'm so happy that it's it's beneficial to you guys and it's great man i i you know it's it's that's the one thing you know because i don't doing this for a living i don't benefit the world in any way i really don't you know i'm and and, and there's 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 definitely a void there um you know it, it's something that you know, if I was a doctor, it would be great. You know, every day I would help people, and a lawyer every day I would, you know, help a company or defend a client or whatever it is, or engineer. I would make things to make the world great, and you know, a plumber I would clog, unclog drains, or you know, uh, just just help people in the world. Doing this shit, man, betting sports. There is no no feedback of helping the world out, man. It's an empty, empty, lonely, um, lonely uh, occupation. You know, I sh- I love being with my colleagues, the guys that I work with, Luke, Chinese Mike, Manny. 
you know, rest of the staff, they're, they're great to, to be around, and all the other people that we talk to in the industry, sure, that's great to be able to have that camaraderie there, but at the end of the day, you know, other than our families and what we're doing, we're really not helping the world out. So with this podcast, I feel good. If I help some people become better betters, um, it really, and it's not just me, it's just the guys I interview um, that are, you know, you listen to their insight and their knowledge. It means the world to me. Like, I, I really feel uh, such a fulfilling part, uh, and it really fills that void that I'm so missing. So I'm so happy that this is helping a lot of you guys out. And thank you so much for the compliments. I'll never get tired of hearing them. Um, please continue and uh, compliment uh, me and I'll listen who the hell could get tired of compliments um, but really it really means a lot to me so thanks so much everybody for that thanks so much for the time until next time